0: Heading to compete at Bathurst this October? Race Fuels has you covered. No matter what category you're competing in, Toyota Gazoo Racing, Aussie tin Tops, Combined Historics, Race Fuels will be there with our famous range of fuels. Elf LMS, Elf Race 102, Race Blend E85, 98 Ron. Register now and we'll fuel your mountain attack.
1: Parked up in the garage. Wow. This has been coming for a long time. These two do not like each other.
0: There are two parts
1: of
2: the story as all red flag. This is a suspended uh, race.
1: This is episode 28 of Parked Up, where powered by the race fuels, and my name is Grant Rowley. And the person on the other end of this Zoom call is Tony Delberto, who's up to day number nine of his in forced quarantine up in Darwin. TD, how are you going there with your very unkept hair?
3: <laughs> well, no one can see me up here. I'm going well, thank you. It's, uh, it's very relaxing. The weather is beautiful. Uh, I got to watch some amazing racing over the weekend with supercars and Formula One. Uh, so it hasn't all been bad, Grant. The food is, is new... probably the only thing. The so only thing... A... So
1: it's not a new lifestyle for you then? This isn't what you're going to adapt
3: as your new way of life living inside a box? No, I don't think so. Uh, But it hasn't been too bad. It's given me a chance to relax a little bit, but very much looking forward to heading to Brisbane uh, at the end of the week, get up there to uh, uh, see the team and uh, start doing a few jobs there, uh, driver change practice and all that sort of stuff. Uh, a couple of other drivers have arrived since I've been here, uh, Garth Tander and Jimmy Golding. Fortunately, they're in a different area, so I haven't been able to catch up with them. Um, and there's another crew arriving uh, today. So when, I think when that's the Pod Carus drops, Moth. Yeah, and uh, Wood. So when this pod drops, they'll be here. And I reckon they'll be in my area because a whole heap uh, moved out last Friday. So fingers crossed, uh, I get to actually catch up with a few people and um, Have some conversations with other people, not just myself. Or and, me. Or you, yeah. And yeah, enjoy those last couple of days before I head off. But uh, look, it's it's been okay. The weather's been fantastic. A little bit of rain tonight, but uh, can't complain, Grant.
1: Uh, so you say the food is the biggest drama. What makes up a normal diet in quarantine?
3: Well, when you get here, you have to nominate whether you're vegetarian, vegan, or you, you don't mind meat, eating meat. So I said, yeah, no worries. I'll I'll have the the standard menu, um, but it just ends up being a meat fest and not not a not a good meat fest. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I ended up changing it to vegetarian, which I generally eat anyway when I'm at home. But uh, that's been a hell of a lot better, a lot more veggies. Um, the only, the only thing is, like, you have no choice in what you're having for dinner, lunch, and breakfast. It's just you get a knock on the door, and uh, someone delivers your meal, and it's just. Whatever it is, so that's probably the worst part of it. But uh, you know, you're not you know, it's not terrible. It's just not what you'd prefer to eat.
1: Okay, very good, very good. We, we're sure you'll survive, and you'll definitely enjoy a nice home cooked meal when you mm. when you get back to get, get back to Brisbane. Is uh, Fabian or uh, Becky gonna cook you up something nice? Or do Do you have a home to go to when you're in Brisbane?
3: Yeah, I'm pretty lucky. I'm going to stay with Becky and Fabs, um, so I'll probably get a couple of home cooked meals and the opportunity just to chill out with with them. Um, so it's nice not just you know not just going to a, a hotel again, uh, catch up with the kids as well, and uh, you know just prepare for Bathurst. So I, I was just texting Becky then actually. She said that uh, she'll have the pizza and Vino ready for when I arrive on Friday night. So I'm very yeah. much looking forward to that.
1: Well, all of that food sounds absolutely amazing, but we also have an amazing podcast for you, episode 28 of Parked Up, and we have this young Queenslander who goes by the name of Tricky Dicky Johnson, who's going to jump on the line and have a bit of a chat to us very shortly, and an amazing week for for himself and his team taking its 10th Australian touring car and supercars title with Scott McLaughlin, putting enough gap between himself and Jamie Winkup to wrap up his third consecutive title, the team's 10th title and uh, and an amazing performance and amazing statistics uh, all across the board for that team. So uh, we're going to talk to Dick and see how he watched it all unfold uh, his uh, initial thoughts and, uh, and, and some other things as well. So uh, looking forward to talking to Tricky Dicky. And we've also got Nathan Hearn, will we'll jump on the line too as well of course he's been in the news unfortunately not for the best of reasons but it's nothing that he's done so we're interested to see how he's been going with uh, the fact that he won't be able to or certainly at this stage won't be able to compete at the Bathus 1000 because of his uh, super license issues so tony d you know what We've got a Supercars title to talk about. We've got a Formula One race to talk about. There's a bunch of stuff going on. Let's just jam straight into the news. Okay, so Supercars is definitely the first thing we need to talk about. Scott McLaughlin is the 2020 Supercars champion. There is too many points for anyone else to catch him. He's done it with one round to spare, and uh, it's the biggest round on the calendar, the Bathurst 1000. T.D., what did you think of the bend number two?
3: I really enjoyed the weekend. You could you could tell the intensity had risen from uh, the previous weekend. And although uh, Scott and the team were saying, you know, we don't have to win this weekend. We don't have to go into Bathurst uh, winning, uh, leading the championship. But you could see that was their intention from the get-go. Um, so for Scott to get three poles, uh, two race wins and a second place, just shows how mentally tough he is. So... I really enjoyed watching it. I was glued to the TV and very thankful that they got the job done because it means we can go to Bathurst now with our sights set on, on the race itself, not having to worry about defending a championship or playing a part in trying to secure that championship. We've got that done now. Uh, we can just focus on trying to get the trophy at Bathurst.
1: Yeah, all these uh, people for a long time have been saying that Bathurst shouldn't be part of the championship. It effectively isn't part of the the top end of the championship, but there's still a lot of uh, positions uh, south of that to to be uh, considered. So there will be some people who will be thinking championship in terms of their final position, but mainly it's going to be the guys who are kind of in that 6th, 7th, 8th, ninth, which is all still pretty tight. Mm. They'll be thinking championship. And what that means is that they'll want to be as high as possible. So if anything, the stakes for a lot of people are even higher, even if, you know, that absolute number one crowning glory spot is uh, done and dusted.
3: Yes and no. I mean, I think uh, if you're going to finish, you know, eighth in the championship or finish ninth um, and you had a chance of winning Bathurst, you know, I know I'd definitely take the chance at winning Bathurst. Um, but what we could see on the weekend, especially in race three, Cam Waters starting on the front row next to Scott McLaughlin, he didn't have a championship to worry about. Scott did. And he was super aggressive in a turn one. He knew that Scott um, was going to basically yield, and Cam went for the move, got the job done, and won the race on on pace, on merit. Um, they had a very good car, but it was it was evident. So I think now you take that away, going to Bathurst, Scott will be able to just be aggressive as as normal, and uh, we don't have that championship cloud over our head. And uh, you know, everyone can just have a proper race and treat Bathurst like it should be treated.
1: So one of the new things that we saw was the West circuit layout uh, it took away, you know, all of that back section of the circuit. Great for the fans. They got to see the cars a bit more often. Um, we saw a few lunges down into that really tight right-hander, maybe not as many as we thought, but um, certainly in those first couple of laps in particular, the first lap, you know, they were four wide going into that thing.
3: Yeah. I actually enjoyed it. I've driven around there in a road car and didn't really enjoy it that much. But to watch it on TV and see, uh, I suppose, the liberty they gave the drivers with track limits. Um, So on the entry, you know, sometimes as you said, it was it was four wide, and Berdo wasn't too worried if they were running a little bit wide on exit, as long as they weren't you know short cutting the circuit. So I thought that was good. Um, If they had have enforced, you know, you had to have two wheels on the track the whole time, I think. That would have been very difficult to police and we probably would have seen the drivers not enjoying it so much but it was very hard on the cars um, we've seen the last two weekends through turn two and three the drivers hard on the limiter in second gear and through this new section they were hard on limiter and second gear again and we actually saw some of the cars fail so that's what ended up happening with fabs in race two um, he had a mechanical failure an input shaft I think David Reynolds as well had the same uh, problem also, so you know it's not surprising that uh, the cars you know copying that sort of punishment weekend after weekend that there is going to eventually be a failure, but uh, you know it might start to show up some of these Victorian teams especially that are on the road and not being able to repair their cars how they normally would, going to the biggest race of the year where you need reliability to be under control. Um, you know, we might see a few more uh, little gremlins creep in and possibly uh, can affect their their race there. So we also saw Team Sydney um, have no replacement engine for Alex Davison for uh, Sunday's race. And crazy, you know, going to the event, just hoping, fingers crossed, that, um, you know, you're going to get through the weekend without any dramas and, and not have an engine. Um, I suppose it shows that they're, they're trying to get, for some fresh engines for Bathurst, but it put them out of action for Sunday.
1: Yeah. Well, Bathurst is definitely the place that you do not want any reliability issues. Uh, it is far too long a day to uh, be out early and sitting around watching everyone else um, fight for the biggest prize. So, <laughs> or, um, or get really close to having a good result there and having it taken away. So um, uh, there's just, uh, just too much at stake. So, We can't wait for Bathurst in three weeks' time and it is the best day of the year. Now, uh, Formula One raced in Russia over the weekend as well with a crowd in attendance. So it was nice to see uh, some crowd. And um, Valtteri Bottas took uh, took the win after a pretty controversial moment for Lewis Hamilton at the very start of the race where he'd done a couple of... um, Uh, practice starts that uh, our old mate Michael Massey had said "Uh -uh, uh -uh, can't do that and uh, was forced to uh, cop a bit of penalty and Lewis came out after and said that he wasn't really happy about that so um, what was what was your take?
3: I did watch it and to be honest he deserved the penalty I mean he was so far out of pit lane okay he hadn't got to the track yet but the other cars that release the pit lane limiter by the time they would have got to lewis there'd be you know over 200 k's an hour no problem so for lewis just to be stuck on the side doing a practice start i i I just struggle to see how he um didn't think that that was dangerous um he did ask the team if he could uh, move forward a little bit and maybe do it in a different spot but i'm i'm unsure whether they thought that he was going to do it almost on the racetrack um you know a few hundred meters down the road so Potentially, the the penalty was too harsh, but he definitely deserved a penalty. I mean, he actually commented that they're out to get him, and uh, I don't think they really are. You know, when you, when you do the wrong thing like that, you you cop a penalty. Like, a bit of a spoilt kid um, attitude, to be honest. I mean, he's won the World Championship by a mile. He's, he's won everything. That race didn't go his way, and unfortunately, the team probably played a part in that, so they've got to cop it on the chin. Talking about
1: almost copping one on the chin, it was uh, Bottas who had a bee flying in his helmet <laughs> just prior to the start or just after the start, however however it went. Um, that would be one distraction you probably wouldn't want as you're barreling down into turn
3: one. Yeah, he said that he couldn't actually see where he was meant to break for turn one. So that was quite interesting because he almost uh, took the lead at the start there. But it was chaos at the start, to be honest. Uh, Carlos Saints man, he hit the fence that hard um, because they have like a little cut-through section that if you cut the first corner, you've got to go through the cut-through and and rejoin safely. And he's cut the track and then gassed it to try and you know maintain position. And it's obviously very dirty and dusty um, on the inside of the circuit. And he's just understeered straight into the fence and just tore the wheel off. And I'll tell you what, he was lucky that because he, he got thrown um, across the circuit in front of everybody else. He was very lucky not to get collected by other cars. And then we also saw Charles Leclerc and Lance Stroll come together about half a lap later. So uh, it was all going on in that first lap. And and meanwhile, Bottas just disappeared into the distance.
1: Yep. And uh, I think it's about a 44-point margin between himself and Lewis. They, those two Mercedes look like they're the only ones who... Could, will probably win this title and uh is going to need a couple more uh, Lewis penalties to, to climb his way back. It looks, seems un, unreasonable or unthinkable, but um, mm. stranger things have happened in 2020. That is for sure. Now, the big news that's been occupying the front pages of Australian motorsport magazines and websites is about Gary Rogers Motorsports entry into the 2020 Bathurst 1000. They've entered a wildcard. The entry has been approved, but one of their drivers, Nathan Hearn, has not been approved. Motorsport Australia has deemed that he does not have enough super license points and they won't grant him any dispensation to compete, so Nathan was meant to co-drive with another young guy, Tyler Everingham, A typical GRM way of doing things with two, two young blokes. But Nathan has, uh, is currently trying to overcome some hurdles. So, with Motorsport Australia saying no, GRM are going down the path of the legals and taking it to court to uh, see if they can get that rule overturned uh it hasn't stopped grm from pressing forward the car is being prepped or has been prepped all of the crew are currently on their way to darwin to do exactly what you're doing tony do their two weeks in forced quarantine they are putting every ounce of effort into trying to get nathan onto the grid so uh, a a huge, a potentially a huge moment for Nathan in his career if he can, if he can get there. But they, they, there's quite a bit to overcome before it actually happens.
3: Yeah, it's interesting to get some of the backstory on what's going on, uh, and considering Gary Rogers Motorsport crew are on their way to Darwin right now, it tells me they're either confident that they're going to uh, get this overturned and get Nathan Hearn on the grid for, with his super license. Or potentially they've got another driver as well lined up uh, to fill the spot. Either way, uh, they're going racing. Um, the car's on its way here. They've they've gone uh, above and beyond to try and make this happen. And spending two weeks in Darwin is certainly not a cheap exercise. I think it's two and a half thousand dollars per person. So you know when you spread that over the crew, suddenly you've already spent quite a bit of money um, to to potentially not go racing. So it's a really interesting um, scenario. Uh, it sounds like Nathan is doing everything he can to make sure that he 's got his license in order uh, he 's doing his training he 's got all those boxes ticked just in case he gets the green light to go racing.
1: yeah, because currently at the moment it is a big fat red light. there is no racing for him, but the courts might be able to overturn that so of course he, the issue is that he just hasn 't competed in enough motorsport Australia. Sanctioned events. He's done a lot of Trans Am racing or TA2 racing, but all of that racing has come under the asa banner in the in the in the TA2 muscle car series, which hasn't had any category management agreement with the Confederation of Australian Motorsport, now known as Motorsport Australia. So he's in a uh, he's in a little bit of a pickle. But if anyone can work their magic, it's going to be. Gary and Barry. But, look, we haven't actually heard a lot from Nathan. So, Tony, we put our brains together and we thought, let's give Nathan a call. Let's let's see what uh, it's about. Let's see what he's about uh, and ask him the questions about whether he thinks he might be able to get onto the Bathurst 1000 grid this year. And it's great to welcome Nathan Hearn onto the Parked Up podcast. Nathan, you've been in the news a lot in the past uh, couple of weeks. Unfortunately, it's not for the best of reasons. But uh, in your defence, it's nothing that you've done wrong. Uh, how has the past couple of weeks gone for yourself?
0: Oh, I mean, probably the one way I can summarise is rollercoaster. Really, you know, it's been up and down, up and down, left and right, up and down. So it's it's sort of been. I mean, obviously, you know. We're all racing to make it to the Bathurst 1000. That's that's what we always dedicate our lives to. And, and that's what me and my dad, you know, we, we sit down and watch it on TV every year. That's that one day of the year that we don't mow lawns, we don't do anything. Um, we just sit there, have a few sandwiches, and then watch a race. So to have that opportunity from Barry and Gary, you know, we, we met them at started. start, well, last I met them last year, Dad met them a few years ago. And uh, to have that opportunity come, um, you know, it. it it absolutely shocked me and then you know I worked my ass off and, and we started to get closer and closer to the event and it started to feel a little bit surreal and, and then it sort of all uh, fell apart in front of me so yeah it's definitely been a roller coaster you know I went from being on, on cloud nine up in the air and highest kite down to back down to ground level and, and back to just a genuine bloke who just works a full-time job in more.
3: Just give our listeners a bit of an insight because it was only recently announced uh, that you guys were gonna do the Bathurst 1000. How long has this been planned for and how long you've been preparing to do this event?
0: Um, so it was just a week before we got announced. I think that was, well, it was the week after Townsville uh, on the on the Wednesday we found out. So you know, it was, it was pretty cool because me and Dad, we sort of just went up to Townsville just to do a, do a race and get the car on tracks. So, you know, we, we raced in Tier 2 and the, and the Trans Am. Um, and we finally, we had a brand new car for this year ready to go when, you know, we never got to use it, obviously, it's of COVID. So when we got to the um, Townsville and we'd done the event, we were heading home and we were thinking, right, that's motorsport done for us for probably this year. And, you know, we'll go home and, and work and get the car going and then wait for next year. But um, then we got a call up from Barry, well, Dad got a call up from Barry and, and he convinced me that it's for for eighty six. So he said, uh, oh, Gary and Barry want to have a meet about 286. On Wednesday, so we, we had the call on Wednesday, and you know, it didn't really sit with me that I was going to be racing Bathurst, and and even though they dropped, they didn't say that you're racing Bathurst in Supercars, but they said, oh look, we're looking at doing a wildcard at Bathurst. Would you be interested? Of course, they said yes. Um, <laughs> but you know, and, and it didn't actually realise with me until after, and then it just yeah, I, like I, I didn't know what to do, so I stayed at home from work for a, a few hours, and so I was a bit sick, and then uh, yeah, I went back to work, and and it was all cloud nine, and happy days so yeah and then yeah it's I don't know it's, it's um getting sorted as we speak so yeah it'll be uh, interesting how it all plays out
1: so just let our viewers know exactly where the situation sits at the moment obviously motorsport australia has said no to you competing because of the lack of super license points but that may now end up being for the courts to decide
0: yeah um Obviously I don't really agree with the choice at all. You know, you, I don't like throwing other people under the bus and, and Brock Feeney, he's he's got his super licence, he had that no questions asked and we got similar points, a similar age. Um, I've probably got a lot a bit more experience than him. If you look through the database, I got 120 starts. I think he's got seventy or sixty starts. Um, and he got through and, and no, I didn't. So, you know, Brock deserves to be there home percent. I'm not taking anything away from him. And um, you know, I, I thought I'd deserve to be there as well. So when Motorsport Australia turned me down and, and let Brock in, obviously, I mean, I'm, I was a bit upset. Um, you know, as I said before, this is what you dedicate your whole life to and and um, you know, I finally thought that I had an opportunity to to make a career of, of motorsport and and it was gonna be pretty big, you know, for a bloke from Lismore who's come through Tier two and hasn't had the budget to go through super two and super three and and get in with the teams that way. Um to finally have the opportunity to to race in Bathurst and have it taken away from you, it was um, pretty hard. But yeah, you know, I got Gary and Barry fighting to me in my corner, and that's, you know, you, I can't ask the two better blokes to really do it. You know, Gary's been doing it how yeah, long? I think 63 is when he started the team, so 57 years. Um, so to have someone of that experience, that's, that's pretty massive. And, you know, I would have thought he would have had a bit more pull on Motorsport Australia and the fact that, you know, if he says someone is able to do the race, well, I mean, I would think that they were able to do the race. Um, but, yeah, look, it just, it, it hasn't been what most of Australia thought um, that I was experienced enough. You know, they, I saw an email today where it said that um, they're being really strict on who they've got through with Super Licence uh, Dispensations. And, I mean, to their credit, yes, I have been pretty strict. But, um, well, sorry, under a little asterisk, it said they've only been from Super 2 or Super 3, and that's the only people I've gone through. So, you know, it's a kick in the guts um, to think that if you don't go through those programs, you can't make it into the main games of cars anymore. Um, but look, that's what Gary and Barry are, are really fighting for and that's what we're all fighting for at the moment. We're not fighting to get myself into a seat. Obviously, that's the end goal, but it's sort of, you know, flashback What even a month, two months ago. I would never thought I'd make it. So it's sort of for the kids like myself who don't think they can make it, um, to have someone there who's... Is in the race and is um, hopefully doing well and, and can try and open the door for everyone else to make it through.
3: Nathan, let's talk about the test day. You guys had a test day up at Winton recently. Was that your first laps in a supercar? And if so, what did you think?
0: It was my second test day in supercar. Oh, well, third if you count lots a driver search. But um, yeah, I'd done a test day Brad Jones in Super 2 cars there um, in 2018 after Formula Ford. Uh, we didn't have the budget to keep continuing on with Brad and, and doing the Super 2 uh, program, even though that there was an offer there, but yeah, we just didn't have the budget to do that. So, I mean, hopping into the uh, supercar after doing TA2, you know, we raced to 2 there last year. Look, I mean, I don't want to say it, but it was, it was quite an easy car to drive compared to to 2 You know, you've got a lot of grip, cards, points where you want. Um, you know, the brakes are massive. You don't have to worry about brake fade or brake... Um, or soft brakes or anything like that, you know, you just a brake pad knock, you just got, um, you know, a hard pedal every time and, and a grip car. Like, um, you know, you could have the car start to lose a rear end, and you just soften the roll bars and, and that's it. You know, your car's back to normal again. So we've done 20 lap stints, all my laps were within three tenths of each other and they were consistent. It was just an easy car to drive, you get to a rhythm and nothing really puts you out of your rhythm. Um, I understand if you race, it's going to be a different story. But, um, you know, driving a supercar at Brinton and Test Day, it wasn't anything out of my um, capabilities. And, you know, after a few laps, I was on, on par with Tyler and, and James Moffat, who were both there as well.
1: Now, mate, it, uh, it seems like it's, uh, it's certainly out of your hands whether you compete in the 2020 race. But, but if you can't, do you think it'll invigorate you to make sure you're there for, for 2021 or, or beyond?
0: Um, well, for me, I don't think if I don't get into this year, I probably won't be able to get into next year. And that's just due to the basis of COVID. You know, this year I tried to do as many Motorsport Australia events as I could. Um, obviously, I never really thought about Super Licence before and I didn't actually realise that to 2 wasn't part of Super Licence uh, point scheme. So, it's obviously still not accredited to Motorsport Australia's um, Super Licence points. So, I mean, if I don't um, race in Super 2 or Super 3 or compete in a different championship, Uh, like F4 which isn't even a current series anymore, Um, you know, I won't be able to get any super license points to compete next year's race. So it's all do or die for this year. Um, I can't see myself move into a different category. Uh, One, because CO2 is probably one of the best categories I've driven. If not, it is the best category I've ever driven. Um, And two, the fact that, you know, they don't offer any super license points for it and then I haven't got the budget to move into a category that does have super license points. Um, you know it's financially driven world motorsport, and at the moment, you know everyone's bleeding from COVID, and it's harder than ever to find sponsors. So I've got some loyal sponsors in Gulf Western, and and a, a few others um, that are on board with the TA2, and you know they're backing me through TA2. So I'm I'm stoked to have them, and yeah, I mean I I can't really just give up TO 2 just just try and pursue one dream. You know I've, I'm more than more dedicated than ever to try and get TO 2 onto the mainframe and and set a new precedent.
1: And we thank Nathan for his time there. Uh, he's a good, he's a good kid, and uh, you know what, it'll be what it'll be. And it's unlikely that he'll compete at Bathurst this year. Certainly, according to what Motorsport Australia are currently saying right now, we'll see what the legal eagles think about the uh, the whole situation. But um, you know, if it doesn't happen this year, I know he just said that this is make or break for him. It's probably going to happen at some point.
3: Yeah, and, and the good thing is he's a young young guy um, with big goals in motorsport. So uh, the opportunity will come again. It's not like he is at the end of his career and this is the last shot he's ever going to get. Uh, there'll be more opportunities um, in the years to come.
1: Well, there you go. That's about enough news. And of course, the news is brought to us by motorsportwebsites.com.au. The uh very, very fancy parkedup.com.au website is built by our friends at motorsport websites. And uh they they've done an awesome job. Go and have a look at parked up just as a uh as an example of what they can do for your brand, for your motorsport brand online. And they uh they do a whole bunch of other stuff like Marketing and signage, and uh, they are the one-stop shop for all of your online motorsport needs. So we thank them for their ongoing support of the Parked Up Podcast. Tony, that's enough for news. Let's go talk to your mate, your boss, my hero, my legend, Dick Johnson. Dick Johnson, of course, a five-time Australian Touring Car champion, a three-time Bathurst winner. And since he hung up the helmet, his team has lived on in various guises over the years. But the one constant is that he's, that the DJR team has never not been in a supercars championship. And, you know, even during those lean years, um, you know, they, they were still making, still making their mark. And, uh, I don't know how the guy does it, but he always seems to, seems to find a way to uh, reinvent himself. And uh, right now he is on top of the world. His team is a three-time Supercars champion with Scott McLaughlin having just won his third title uh, for the second year in a row in a Ford Mustang. And we're going to talk to him now and see what he thought about Scott's title and uh, might chuck in a few uh, pre-Bathurst questions as well. So here we go, Tricky Dicky on Parked Up, powered by Racefields. And it's great to welcome the great man, the legend, Dick Johnson, onto the Parked Up podcast. DJ, thanks for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Mate, uh, some pretty good news on the weekend, the 10th Supercars title for for your team, the team that bears your name. Uh, you haven't been able to be at the circuit, so what were the feelings like at home watching Scotty take that win?
2: Well, to be quite honest, um, doesn't matter when it is or where it is, uh, I can honestly say that I still feel the same butterflies um, when I watch that on TV or I'm at the racetrack as what I do when uh, when I was sitting behind the steering wheel.
1: An, an amazing feat, his his third title, of course. Um, and he said it was his most
2: satisfying.
1: Where where does, uh, of the three titles that he's taken, where do you, where does that one sit for you?
2: Well, I think it was pretty special for the fact that, you know, he, uh, it, it's been pretty weird sort of times at the moment, but uh, I, he was definitely robbed of one back in 17, but, you know, that's history now. So we just move on and I think, this is one of the most satisfying for the fact that uh, there's been no no issues along the way, which has tried to detract us from the, the real job.
1: That uh, the the COVID period has been a uh, a real pain. Uh, have you have you missed being at the track, watching it all unfold?
2: Um, I have actually, and what I miss more than anything is probably the atmosphere. You know, because. Um, and the people that I normally meet at racetracks and things like that. And just to be able to interact with everyone is, is what uh, I miss more than anything else.
3: DJ, uh, obviously Scott is quite special behind the wheel. Um, from your point of view, as a, as a champion race driver yourself, um, what makes Scott great? Um, is it his consistency? Um, how he interacts with the team, the engineers? Um, what you know, allows him to get that edge on the other guys?
2: I think it's a combination of all those things because uh, he's one of these guys that obviously takes his motor racing very seriously. And not only that, but uh, he works and he will listen. And he, he's one of these guys that doesn't know everything and he will admit that he doesn't know everything. And he will listen to what you say, uh, even from an old tool like me. You know, he he, he listens <laughs> to, to what I say and whether he takes it in or not, it's another thing. But um, I'm sure he takes it and, and sort of analyzes what has been said and, and benefits from whatever he thinks is the right thing. But uh, I'll tell you what he's not good at, and that's catching aeroplanes because he missed the <laughs> one.
3: <laughs> I'm sure he's got a bit of a sore head. <laughs> Rightly I so, though.
2: He's going to be a seriously sore head, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, because the boys tried so hard to, to knock him up, but it, it just wasn't happening.
3: Um, now, now going into Bathurst with the championship wrapped up, it obviously takes a little bit of pressure off. But we've still got a big job ahead of us. Obviously, the teams' championship, and also trying to secure the Bathurst crown again. Um, from your point of view, do you have a preference? I'm just gonna, I'm just asking for a friend.
2: For me, it's harder to win the championship in a lot of ways. But in saying that, Bathurst is the race where you only get one shot at You, you either. You can either sort of, you know, go well at Bathurst, or you don't. Sort of, if you have a drama early in the piece, you're pretty well screwed. But, and certainly the way things are now, it's it's even more competitive, and and I think that um, it's a big relief for us going into Bathurst. Or certainly, I know it is for for Sladey for sure, because <laughs> uh, he hasn't got to worry about being a championship on the line as well as. Uh, Winning so they can actually just concentrate on, on the on the race
3: itself. Um, it is quite a, a weird year for the co-drivers. I mean, we're going into the race fairly underdone with not a lot of miles. And oh, it will be a bit me. of a...
2: <laughs>
3: Are you kidding me? Like, you guys, you, you don't forget how to drive a car overnight. Well, that was going to be my question because uh, we see a lot of guys doing a lot of miles and some not doing uh, many miles at all. From your point of view, do you think anyone's got an advantage over in the co-driver land?
2: Look, it's, it, Bathurst is one of those races that you know it's not one in the first in the first uh, hundred and forty laps. It's one of the last twenty-something uh, laps because you know the last tank of fuel, mate. If you if you've got yourself organised and ready to go by then, well, by then one would imagine the co-driver has done his piece and. And it's up to the main, the, the, the main driver to be able to sort of take it to the end. And that's if you plan the race properly. Sometimes it doesn't work out that way, but um, by then one would think you've got your eye in a bit. Otherwise uh, you're kidding yourself.
3: <laughs> now 10 championships, that's an amazing feat. Um, you've got some amazing people in your corner. Uh, Ryan Story is one of those guys that has done a, an amazing job behind the scenes. Um, you know, Talk to us. Talk to us about Ryan and and how influential and and how good he's been to the family and all the work he puts in behind the scenes to get the results that we see on track.
2: Well, for the one of a better word, he is the unsung hero of the whole place. He's the one um, who's kept the whole thing going. Um, and when you when you really look at it, it doesn't matter what business you're in. Um, I think the first thing. If you're you're the guy at the top, the first thing you've got to do is get the respect of every single person um, that's on your team, if you know what I mean. And and I can assure you that Ryan has the respect of every single person in this place. And they look up to him um, as the one who's steered the whole ship. And he has, you know. And I kid you not, I've met a lot of people in my life, a lot of people. And he's by far and away the smartest guy I have ever met by a long way. It's, there's
3: nothing he doesn't know, I can tell you. <laughs> DJ, uh, Grant won't admit this, but he is one of your true fans and he's actually gone a little bit shy. He's not asking any questions because um, you're his idol. Oh, yeah, um, i, could it, I absolutely it. Grant, like, it
2: doesn't matter what it is, mate. Childbirth, artificial insemination. I can do that a lot. <laughs>
1: Now, we are watching you pretty busy there uh, signing away on, on some autographs. So I dare say you've gone through your fair share of Sharpies over, over the years. Have you ever um, forgotten what, what to actually sign as you've, uh, as you've gone about your craft?
2: <laughs> Mate, I, I have signed some amazing things in my time. I can tell you from, boy, uh, I don't know where to start. But let me tell you, um, it would be embarrassing for some people, if, if you saw what I had signed.
1: So, how many signatures are you um, are you tasked with today?
2: Oh, there's not too many days. Only there's only 900. I got there's another about six or seven hundred downstairs. I've got to do too. It's, so, it's not you know, a case get, of.
1: It's not a case of what you need to sign. It's a case of what you haven't signed is probably
2: the <laughs> uh, the real thing. Oh, well, mate! At least I can spell it now, so it's not so bad. You know. So. <laughs>
1: Mate, we've got the uh, the the big race at uh, at Mount Panorama, of course is is coming up real soon. Uh, will you be trackside at Mount Panorama?
2: I'd like to think so, but I can assure you that if I've got to sit in some two-bit hotel eating some horrible, terrible meals without my maker's mark and and Diet Coke uh, every night, um looking at the air conditioning on the building next door for two weeks? No. Yeah. But we, we can hardly blame you. Well, you know, I don't know what's going on, but it's you know, it's it's a it's changing minute by minute and and the biggest problem we got up here at the end of October we've got an election mate, so you know, it's one of those things that uh, they only do what suits them, you know. So but I can tell you something. I won't be voting for her.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, the uh, parked up political podcast is well in swing at the moment. Um, just uh, moving our attention to the 2021 season, we can imagine that there's going to be a lot of change to to the calendar as well. Um, you know, some huge changes in in 2020. But you know, the viability of Street races and uh, and other events that we've taken for granted over over the years might not be possible. Um, would you agree that you know some of the events like Gold Coast, like Newcastle, some of these uh, street tracks, that, the great street tracks that we've seen come over the years, that you know they might just have to be put on ice for a while until the world can figure itself out.
2: Well, I think I think they they're planning on on sort of certainly doing those two street events and i know damn well that that adelaide there's there's no way you could it probably won't be the first race of the year or something i think the whole thing's going to get switched around and and heaven knows where it'll start and or finish but when you consider you know the way things are at this point in time you know it's changing minute by minute and i think that um come next year we'll certainly have a program we'll certainly have a a championship to, to to run and win, but it, in saying that, um, what the format will be and where it will be, I have no idea. But I think you'll find that um, they've done a pretty damn good job uh, putting together a championship under this, these conditions um, that's just happened. And boy, it, it never stopped, it never stopped changing the whole time. And and when borders sort of opened and closed and things like that. It was just ridiculous. It's just, I feel really sad for those poor people in Melbourne. Uh, sorry, Tony. It's a, you know, the, it's, what do you call the garden state, mate? It's full of bloody vegetables, you
3: know? Sick <laughs> <laughs> <Victoria laughs>
1: at the moment.
2: Yeah. We're, we're
1: definitely <laughs> vegetables down here. But like, as you say, having supercars beamed into our lounge rooms and keep us entertained has been one of the, very, very few saving graces. So we uh, yeah. we we can't thank Supercars enough for for getting uh, getting the the show up and going and and keeping us from uh, necking ourselves with uh, not much <laughs> not much else uh, going on.
2: Well, exactly, and it's certainly one of the highlights that, that, um, to at least be able to see some sport on on television. You know, be it good, bad, or indifferent. But like I, I'd never thought I'd sit down and watch. Ladies, or whatever you call it, ladies play uh, basketball, or whatever you call it, netball, or things like that. But there's nothing else, is it? Mate,
1: right. uh, the tenth championship for DJR, and it's uh, 39 years since you collected your first one. Did you ever think back then that uh, you know, in the next 40 years, or you know, the next big portion of your life, that uh, your team? The team that you, you know you, you founded would have would be taking one of those titles yeah, effectively one every four years. It's a pretty amazing feat.
2: Well, it is you know, and that was not something you set out to do those sort of things. It just sort of happened and, and as strange as it may seem, I never knew what, the, what tomorrow would hold for, for, for me from the day that I sort of sat in a car and. I just took I just rolled with the punches when something happened I tried to adjust to it and uh, and was fortunate enough to be able to make a career out of it
3: Speaking of uh, the Johnson name we just saw Jet Johnson jump in a ta 2 car around Queensland Raceway How did he go and did he enjoy driving the T 2 car
2: Yeah he loved it like the <laughs> like he's he's only ever driven and not a lot I might add the 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 XL, the Royal mm. Hyundai XL, and uh, he he thoroughly enjoyed it. And for someone who, oh god damn, he doesn't even—he's never driven a road car anywhere. But he he got in the thing and and he just went round. He he never attacked it like an idiot. He uh, he was very sort of measured in the way he went about it. He never missed one gear. He never locked one brake. He never went off the road and he started to um, really put in some, some reasonable times.
1: Did you go out there for
2: it? I, I went out there at nine o'clock in the morning and by, by lunchtime, mate, I was starving. So I left. <laughs> and he never got in the thing till about 4.30. So, but I saw all the in-car footage several times.
3: <laughs> Amazing. What's what's the plan for jet? Obviously this year's all been thrown up in the air, but is there a plan for next year? Is it still Excels, or is he going to move into a different category?
2: Well, at the moment it's still Excels, and I don't know where it goes from here to be quite honest. It's just all the, everything sort of depends on finances and and uh, you know just where the whole system goes, because if there's no series or anything like that, you know what, what do you do? You've you just got to plan day by day.
1: Well, there might be a, uh, there might be a space in a famous number 17 car. Uh, Scott McLaughlin of course has done an amazing job to secure three titles and of course is uh, likely or possibly heading over to uh, heading over to the states. I understand that there's uh, you know a lot of different factors but but um, what role do you play in to the makeup of the you know the guys who drive in the main cars for next year?
2: Oh, we sort of Ryan and well, like everyone has input. It's not as if you know that uh, you go and say, and you've got to also see who and what's available. You know, it's not a matter of just saying, "Oh, it'd be great. I'll have this bloke." You can't do that. It's just, and I know that Roger's never ever been in a situation where he's um, bought somebody out of a contract or anything like. That. If they're if they're out of contract, well, they're an opportunity, but. Uh, Look, it's, who knows? Until after Bathurst, we won't know anything. So I know that Scotty's obviously going to go and have a run at St. Pete the weekend after Bathurst. Um, that'll be extremely interesting. And it's, it's a tough gig because um, I did quite a number of weekends when I was running a bit of NASCAR stuff over there, going backwards and forwards from, from uh, the US to here and racing here one weekend and there the next, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Man, it really takes it out of you. And, and especially that he's jumping in a car that's totally unfamiliar to him and on a probably the, the worst, the worst, bumpiest, skinniest tunnel of love you've ever seen in, in St. Petersburg, <laughs> and which is down in Florida, which is the, the most COVID um, worst state in the whole of the US. So God knows where he might end up. The poor bugger. Well, hopefully he doesn't miss his flight for it. Uh, well, one would hope that he won't have the opportunity, I would suggest, to, uh, to celebrate after Bathurst. Hopefully they get that opportunity. But um, he'll be straight on a plane and uh, he'll be, I'd say, drinking soda water.
1: Oh, well, we can't, we can't wait for that. Just, uh, just finally on that, how, how do you think he will go? In the IndyCar, certainly in that um, in that first event, but you know, if he's fortunate enough to get a full season at it, um, you know, where do you think he'll fit into the pecking order
2: in IndyCar? Well, look, the, it's a pretty tough field, mate. When you look at it, there's some very competitive guys over there. And five minutes before I started speaking to you guys, I, I got a call from Lee Diffie just uh, congratulating us on the on the win because, of, or Scotty's win, should I say? And uh, I, I've known Stiffy for for years and years and years. From when he was on Channel 10 out here doing the doing the supercars and things like that, and and uh, he rings up quite often. And he seems to think that uh, Scotty will go extremely well. Um, I I have absolutely no doubt that he can adapt to anything he puts his backside in and and it's it's going to be a tough gig for him he did extremely well in the test one little test that he did there uh, not long ago and who knows mate what what the future holds one would never know well we certainly can't wait for it
1: another uh aussie or kiwi a local you might say he
2: is he is an aussie and, and i don't know whether you know or not but but apparently, uh, not many people probably know that Scott Dixon was actually born in Australia.
1: That's right. I think a, Queen, a good Queenslander, I think. Yeah,
2: a, absolutely, mate. The, the Queenslanders come good, you know. And <laughs> Even though he hates being uh, reminded of it, he, uh, he really, really was born here in, in Queensland because his, his dad used to work on the mines. So, Well, once again, Dick, congratulations
1: on your team's 10th Supercars or Australian Touring Car Championship title. Uh, we wish yourself and Tony there all the best for uh, that uh, big old race around that mountain in regional New South Wales. And uh, and and who knows, maybe another uh, Bathurst win for the team coming
2: up. If there's one thing I would love more than anything, and that's another Bathurst win, I can assure you. And certainly one without controversy because... Uh, It really does uh, take the shine off things. But at the end of the day, uh, Bathurst is one race that uh, everyone remembers. And I certainly will remember, hopefully, this one for all the right reasons. Thank you, DJ. Pleasure, mate. Enjoy lovely Darwin.
3: (laughs) See you soon.
1: So there we go that was Dick Johnson and we thank him a lot for coming on to parked up powered by Race Fuels for the very first time as you saw Tony while we were doing that chat he was flat out signing 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 as he was going through and he held a good conversation as well while he was uh, signing signing his name for the uh, 400th time uh, in in the uh, during during that little period What's, uh, what's some of the weirdest things that you've
3: ever had to uh, put pen to? <laughs> I've had to sign a lady's chest a couple of times. The same. Um, that's the exciting. Same lady. No, no. Both sides no. of the
1: chest. T no, on one just, side, just D one on the side. other.
3: <laughs> just one side. Uh, I don't know. You do get some really weird requests. Um, sometimes kids come up and say, can you sign my forehead? And I look at the parents, and I'm like, are you sure? Are you <laughs> sure you want me to sign the forehead? And they're like, you know, saying, no, please don't, please don't. And the kid's like, yes, 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 <laughs> sign it. Um, but then we might just do the arm or something like that. Uh, but, yeah, that's probably as, as crazy as it gets. But I reckon Dickie Dicky Johnson's probably had many, many, weird and wonderful requests i'm sure there's probably a few people wandering around with his signature as a tattoo as well um he's a he's a good character though dj and uh, i'm sure he had a few drinks last night to celebrate um, wow. you know 10 10 championships uh, is an unbelievable achievement and uh i honestly don't think that he would have ever have thought that he would have got to that stage um but he's got some amazing people around him and a great team and uh you know it he really does deserve. He's been one of those guys that's been in the sport for a very long time. And, you know, supercars have done very, very well to keep him in the sport also. So let's see if we can go to Bathurst and add to that tally, mate.
1: Yeah, well, so Car 17 has got the uh, the big championship trophy. I think it's only fair that 12 <laughs> gets its trophy. Is that part of the deal?
3: It's definitely not part of the deal. Um, but we've <laughs> got a lot more. You have to work for it. <laughs> We've definitely got a lot more uh, chance now, considering the championship's all wrapped up. We don't have to uh, you know play second fiddle or anything like that. Uh, so we can just go and have a crack and hopefully we're ahead of them all day and uh, we get priority in the pit lane because that that's what ends up happening later in the day when you get that last pit stop if there's a safety car and you're not the leading car in that that uh, team um, you can get you know bumped down the back quite quickly so um, Fabs has got really good form there. Um, so you know, there's no reason why we can't go there and challenge those guys. Um, it's certainly going to be on um, the co-drivers. Uh, you know, very very strong this year. We've, we've seen Will Davison, um, Garth Tander, Craig Lowndes, uh, Tim Slade as well, uh, Mark Russo. There's. Yeah, you know, all these names that have done a huge amount of supercar miles. It's almost like a full-timers list uh, in the co-drivers these days. So it's going to be certainly interesting. It's going to be on um, and I'm ready for the challenge. It's going to be good, mate.
1: You beauty. What better preparation as well as living inside a box for two weeks. You beauty. <laughs> yeah, can't wait for Bathurst. It's going to be its going to be awesome. Uh, a great way to end what has been a difficult but um, yeah. but exciting season. It's kind of good that the championships in the bag, and let's see what that big mountain holds. TD, next time we talk to you, you will be in the land of the free. Mm. You'll be in Brisbane. I will. You would have had a couple of home meals in your belly. Hopefully, a haircut. Probably, Well, hopefully, yeah. uh, it doesn't look too bad. Really, yeah, it's you'll a be lot fine. Other place. We thank everyone for uh, listening into our podcast. Our numbers are going really well and you will hear from us next week. See you later.